everybody, and welcome to Punchlines. I'm Frank Nicotero, longtime comedian, lifelong sports fan. Today's show, Tani, will give today. <laughs> you see what I did there? Today's show, Tani, will give you over 700 million facts and stats, one for each dollar. Mr. Otani will make over the next 10 years. And how about that breakdown? Ryan, did you see the breakdown on that? Wait a second. That's not Ryan. Wait a second. Where's Ryan? Oh my God, it's Matt Never filling in for Ryan. Uh, Ryan. He's in New York, but wait, he's all alone. Oh my God, it's Home Alone 2 with Ryan. Kevin! Where's the cat? There it is. Where is he? There he is. There's a, there he is, all alone. There it is. Oh, there he is, all alone. Matt, kudos to that. Kudos on that job. Matt Neverett is filling in for Ryan, who is in New York City to see his buddy Daniel Bellinger, who he claims uh, is a friend. Allegedly. His friend, or Ryan is a stalker of this Daniel Bellinger, who he took a picture with. Could be Photoshop back in uh, 10th grade, but no, he's on a uh, New York adventure. Hopefully he's going to file a piece from uh, Meadowlands Stadium. Maybe he finds Jimmy Hoffa's body buried under the, the one end zone. It's rumored to be. We don't know. Uh, but anyway, he's in New York. He'll be back. Matt, you're here for a couple days, right? Yeah, today and tomorrow. Happy to help. And uh, yeah, Shohei giving us a little something to talk about, at least right off the yeah, top, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, you are, you tell, you're like our Ian Akendo. You're our fill-in guy. Remember Ian Akendo? Oh, yeah. Played all nine positions. But yeah, we appreciate you filling in. You're a guest. You help us every way. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the numbers are sick. Let's let's take a look at Otani. Now, this was the breakdown. Uh, by the way, Alex White is here, too. I forgot to introduce Can't Alex White. Can't forget about Alex. Let's bring Alex White. It's Monday, so Alex White is here, sports betting analyst. Uh, and she had a cookie exchange this weekend. Busy weekend for Alex. Very busy weekend but for she, me. But it was good. It's officially Christmas season. It's officially once yeah. you do the cookie exchange and once right. the lights are up. And once they decorate the cowboy over there at the sports or uh, over there by the uh, the cafe, they got they, it's a Benny Binion. They got a cowboy hat and roses on him. Anyway, look at the silly numbers here, Alex and Matt, that Otani will make. So we know it's $700 million, but someone broke it down per month, per week, per game. What is it per game? 200? What does that say? It's like an eye test for me. No, What's I'm trying to do it. I made the graphic and I'm trying to find it. <laughs> per, per day, 191,000 plus. Just for just waking up. Yeah, per just game, up, 400 some odd thousand dollars. That's not too bad. Major League minimum, by the way, is just over $700,000 a year. So he's making that in a week. He makes that no. just by getting out of bed a couple just times. Just getting out of bed. Yeah. My, that's insane. So I, I don't know. Look. I woke up that morning and it said Blue Jays. Said he was going to the Blue Jays, you know, and he was he was going to go up there to Toronto and play for them. And then all of a sudden it said Dodgers. Yeah, Blue Jay fans are uh, distraught. Yeah. Well, the the week. Robert Herjavec storyline. I'm a big Shark Tank guy. Oh, they wait said, a second. I'm a giant Shark Tank fan. What did Robert Herjavec? The, to- the plane that went from Santa Ana to Toronto that everybody was, was tracking. Was owned by Robert? He was on it. No, it was him and his family. It was him and his family, and it was falsely reported because it was the only private jet going from L.A. to Toronto that day. Oh. He gets out. He, he was talking about it uh, last night on Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it nowadays. Yeah. He had said that he got on the ground. Somebody came up to him from customs and said, where is he? <laughs> and he goes, who? Where I'm not, have you hidden show? Hey, I'm not harboring anybody. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, my thing with, with that is, is I think for Otani, well, I, I, in my mind, it was the, uh, the, the bare naked ladies argument. Of why he chose. This is why. That I can leave, but I'll just stay. Yeah. And then the next line. All my stuff's here anyway. (laughs) By the way, uh, speaking of bare naked ladies, uh, my girlfriend and I went and saw them. Uh, Okay. So we bought tickets during COVID for the bare naked ladies at the Hollywood Bowl. Bought them. uh, 
And the, the concert was June 20th, and it got postponed a year. So city's opening up, and she's work. And I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll pick you up at work. We'll go right down to the Hollywood Bowl, see the Bare Naked Ladies. I'm looking at traffic patterns. I'm looking where to park. Uh, so about a, two hours before I'm ready to leave to pick her up for work, the concert was for the following June 21st. Oh, my It was goodness. a year later. So I thought it was that because it had already been postponed. It took three years for that concert. Oh, my God. So we went. It was the Gin Blossoms, and it was uh, uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket was the opener. Oh, my Fantastic God. show, but we waited three years for it. But I almost showed up to the Hollywood Ball on June 20th, 21, and it was actually June 21st, 2022. But great, great band. Now, I've heard of, like, you buy a movie ticket yeah. and you go, like, the day before. Sure. But I don't know about two years yep. before. That's two a new years. One. That, but you know what? It was worth the wait. It was a really good show. That's a new one. Uh, so what else about Shohei Atani? What's this other guy that, when it comes to Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy, who right now could be the MVP of the, NFL, of the NFL. Look at this. What does that say? Read that out loud to us, Matt, since it's so far away. He would have to play... I think the number I'm pulling it up right now in mind, it would have to be like 800 years of what <laughs> he's making right. right now. Brock Purdy would have to play 805 years if he made the same money he does now. That's what it was. To make $700 million. Well, let's ask the baseball expert if he yes. thinks that this is a fair deal for both sides. Because we know the player that Otani is in the once-in-a-lifetime. So do you think that this makes sense? I mean, he is, in all statistical yeah. and uh, colloquial purposes, a, a unicorn when it comes to baseball. As far as being a top-five hitter and a top-five pitcher. <laughs> now, he's he's not going to pitch this year. That's no, one thing that yeah, you got to right. keep in mind. 2025. But he's going to do what Bryce Harper did with a, a bum elbow, just hit, and Bryce Harper had a pretty darn good season this year. So I, I think for the short term, you're getting that, your value in hitting, but then it's two, three, four years down the line, yeah. he comes back and is anywhere close to as good as he was pitching. Ridiculous. It's going to be it's going to be a slam dunk. The other thing, too, is it's deferred. Yeah. It's going to be longer than 10 years. It's going to be like almost 30 years. They haven't like a Bobby released, Bonilla kind of thing. Yeah, they haven't released the total figures yet. But, I mean, this The is, Dodgers are okay, though. They got the money. They're still going to go after Yamamoto. That's what I'm hearing. That's the, the, yeah, the oh big, my God. big Japanese star that, is, that has been posted. Well, there was a video on Twitter, and I didn't want to show because it was a lot of cursive. There's a little 11-year-old kid, and his mom filmed him in the crack of the door, and he's screaming and crying because he's a Diamondbacks fan. He's like, the Diamondbacks will never make the World Series now. I hate the dad. I hate Joe. I hate Clay Kershaw. I hate Mookie Betts and the dad. They're both saying F bombs. The 11 year old, the dad's encouraging it. Uh, I don't know if we can show it, if you want to find it for later, possibly. Maybe there's a clean version. Maybe we can mute it. But it's poor 11 year old kid. I'm like, first of all, the Diamondbacks shouldn't have been in the World Series last year anyway. Oh, yeah. That was it. But no, they're a good young team. But, you know, I went to a lot of Dodger games when I lived in LA because I, I love baseball. I was going to ask because you're a Lakers fan. Are you a I'm a Lakers fan? fan. That's because there was no Pittsburgh team. But again, I spent five to 10 living in LA. So the first baseball games I saw were Dodger games. But my dad's like, you're a Pirates fan, and remember them. So the Dodgers are my second favorite team. But uh, I used to go to a lot of games when I lived in L.A., and, you know, on a Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, they, they can hold 55,000 people, but sometimes they only have 30, which only 30. Only. Every home game will be sold out. Oh, yeah. With Shohei Otani. So the, the money they're going to make off of him and the merchandise and the local, you know, it's I, – I, I thought it was going to be closer to $600 million. Same. I mean, it's it's the biggest contract in North American sports history. It's ridiculous. If you take the next two biggest contracts in Trout, baseball, yeah. Trout and uh, Harper, Harper doesn't it doesn't add up. <laughs> it breaks the record for the biggest contract in baseball history yeah. by two hundred and fifty million dollars. Which at the time, yeah, uh, maybe five six years ago, before all the Scherzer and yeah. Verlander money came in, that was the biggest contract ever when A Rod got that two fifty. Yeah. So, oh, he, I remember that 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 destroyed baseball for a long time. And he yeah. broke it by the old record, which and is ridiculous. All right, anyway. Today is December 11th, 2023, December, December 12th month, 12th month, 11th day, 12 plus 11, 
23. That's the year. It's a lot of numerology stuff going on right there. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the number 12. Our lead guest today wore with the Vikings and Chargers. I don't know if you wore it with the Colts, Seahawks, and Oilers. We'll ask. But Sean Salisbury will be on the show via the video coming up in a few minutes. And Chris Andrews will be in later to talk some pigskin and uh, talk about that weird ending to that Bills-Chiefs game, uh, which I wasn't watching live. I missed the ending of that game. And then ever, all my friends are like, did you see that? Did you see that call? Did you see that call? I'm like, yeah, I see it. The guy was clearly offside. Yeah, he was. Definitely. I mean, you know, and then afterwards they're whining like, well, you know, they usually don't call. The, oh, the place, it's actually running right now on the monitor here in the studio. Funny. I mean, the guy was clearly offsides. I mean, what Kelsey did is amazing. It was amazing. To have the wherewithal. Now, what I feel is he was looking left to look for Taylor Swift. Like, he wanted to see if Taylor was watching. And then he's like, watch your man do this. And then he threw that pass to Tony. And if you see that close-up of, of him, he kind of took himself out of the plate. He was mad. He thought he had, And all of a sudden, he's got the ball and he's running to score a touchdown, allegedly. Well, and, and Taylor Swift normally writes songs about men that she's dated and it didn't right. end well. Kadarius Tony's going to get flamed on her next album because he's made a couple of the crucial mistakes at games that she's been at. <laughs> she done them wrong. Exactly. Uh, this is episode 44. And when I hear 44, you know, we like to do the jerseys. I mean, I think of Reggie Jackson. I'm telling you, I was telling you, I grew up a Dodger fan too in 77 and 78. Uh, he broke our hearts. Reggie Jackson was unbelievable. Dodgers beat the Yankees in 81, of course. But when you think 44, I think most people probably think Hank Aaron. Hammer and Hank, all-time home run leader. I'm going to say it. No asterisk here. Barry Bonds, screw you for now. Uh, I don't mean for now. No, permanently. For now, yeah. You're going to change your mind. Yeah. Uh, but the greatest number 44 uh, that we can't forget also on this day, episode 44, uh, Ahmad abdul Rahim. <laughs> he signed it. Look at that. It's a signed card. I, I, it's from my private collection. No, it's not. But anyway, uh, Bad News Bear is one of the greatest baseball movies. I saw this movie when I was a kid idolized all of them. I was kind of the tanner of my team, the hot-headed shortstop. And Tatum O'Neal was brilliant as uh, the pitcher. And by the way, her father, Ryan O'Neal, passed away over the weekend. So rest in peace, Ryan O'Neal, who I met in a post office on Laurel Canyon in Ventura. And he had very short shorts on. That's all what I remember of our encounter. Said hello. He seemed very nice. But his shorts were, were shockingly short. If there's anything that you're going to remember, that's probably the best, right? When I tell people, I'm like, oh, Ryan O'Neal, I met him. Wears really short shorts. But he was in a lot of movies when I was a kid, so uh, rest in peace. Uh, all right, do we have a collage, 44 collage, Alex? Let's take a look. Who yeah, we, we do. I had to uh, keep up Ryan McCormick's legacy, and it's, it's tough. To. I've got the glasses ready to go, but <laughs> yeah, so these are my number 44. Hank I, Aaron. I, I threw Hank Aaron. Kyle Juszczyk, the only Harvard-educated number 44 now, that I, I can find. Oh, that's the right. He plays for the Niners. Yeah, he's the, the, fullback, the fullback extraordinaire, Pistol Pete. Um, George Gervin, and then I threw in a little the Pittsburgh, uh, a little Pittsburgh tie for you there with Dick LeBeau, the Hall of Famer. Yeah, you know Dick LeBeau, a defensive coordinator for years, but he had he had, when he retired as a player, I think he led the NFL in like interceptions for a long time. Or yeah, he had a lot, so he went into the Hall of Fame, uh, which is much deserved. By the way, I would kill to have Dick LeBeau back as our defensive coordinator, and Pistol Pete Maravich. Uh, what did he score per game at LSU? Like forty oh, it was points. Something stupid. Um, yeah, he, did, he never, didn't go to Harvard, by the way. No, he did not. But he never really played well in the NBA. And then tragically, I believe, didn't he die at a YMCA in a pickup game yeah. or something? Yeah, he yeah. Uh, definitely un an untimely death. But one of the best passers but in both skill and function in NBA history. He had some really flashy yeah. kind of old school. Uh, and George Gervin, the Iceman. Of course. Good had to throw ice. him in there. All right, let's go to Frank's Fast Takes. So are we doing the graphic? All right. Begin. There it is. I was going to say you've gotten so good at it that you can jump in. I know. Whenever All right. Begin. I'm getting good doing Billy Gardell as Clint Eastwood. Uh, nailed it or failed it, Alex. 
You and I and Ryan, we did the Farley Parlay. You took the Cowboys, minus three and a half. It's a laugher. Ryan had the Chiefs Bills under. Another easy one. I took the Texans. Mm. Who was expecting that performance from the Jets? And especially Zach Wilson. It was 0-0 going into the second half. So I know. Unbelievable. And what was up yesterday with nobody wanting to score in the first half? I mean, we had a game played down the road at Allegiant Stadium yeah. where they scored three points in 60 minutes. And that's the first time that's happened since 98, I think, two scoreless halves or something ridiculous. Could you imagine spending all that money to go see the Raiders play? And that's the game. That's exactly what I was saying. When I was in here watching that yeah. game, I was like, imagine if you were actually there. And a lot of Minnesota fans here to watch They that were game. all over. There was a ton here, yeah. But a lot then of purple. There, there was a point where you had to just be cheering for no touchdowns. Yeah. Well, because that bet's always a nice long shot prop, right? Oh, yeah. No yes. touchdown scored. I wonder if anyone hit that. Uh, I'm sure we'll see someone with a long shot ticket on TikTok later today from one of the online ones. But I- unbelievable that two games were just... And by the way, weather not a factor in the game right down the street. No. Definitely not. And the, game, the no. game down the street, by the way, it's the latest that a team has scored the first points in a game since 1982. Wow. And that was a strike year, I believe. Yeah. I think. Oh, by the way, uh, a lucky man brought up that John Reagan's also were 44. That John is a good Reagan's, one. He, who, we, who we've mentioned many times on the show because I did a charity, be- charity benefit with John Riggins once, and he, he's an excellent auctioneer. Like, you know, you think, oh, he's going to come up. He'll be like, oh, we got 50. He's like, hey, and we were like, what? He can do he that? He went into it. It was pretty impressive. He was on the short list of guys that got left off. There was a couple that I was thinking. Reggie was one of them, but he wore other numbers, so I didn't necessarily know how strict Ryan typically was. With I hated that. Reggie. They had a Reggie candy bar when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Reggie Bar, they I think they brought them back. They're they did a, a exclusive to one ago. store, but it wasn't that good. But I wanted them because I was such a baseball fan, uh-huh. and I would kind of like bite it and be like, "I love it, Mom. Thanks for spending the quarter." And then I'd be like, Whoa. "I don't know what was your it favorite. Wasn't good, what huh? was your favorite candy bar as a kid?" Um, Snickers just came to my mind, but Snickers. I don't think that's right. I'm more of like a Starburst Skittles kind of girl. I guess if I pick chocolate, it would be a Snickers. But Snickers satisfies. They got the the nuts and the caramel. I always liked the Three Musketeers when I was a kid. Then I ate enough of them that if I ever ate one, I'd probably not enjoy it very much. Uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, Taylor Swift was at the game. We were talking about that. Taylor Swift blew right by the Bills, and usually she's used to uh, cashing Bills, but she walked right by him. Show that video of Taylor Swift. And by the way, how nonchalantly she walked by, and you know the NFL players like, oh my God, there's Taylor Swift. It's Taylor. There's Taylor. Look at the gate on her. Look at that guy right there. He's like, I'm going to tell my daughter I saw you. And the players, they don't even really care. She's just roaming the halls. Like she has like total carte blanche in any stadium she goes to, right? I, I will say, you know, I'm not a, a Swifty per se. I don't not like her or her music yeah. or anything, but uh, she's gotten a lot of respect in the past couple of weeks in my eyes. She said something uh, the other day about uh, coming to all these football games. You really right. never was a football fan growing up. And she said, I, I'm missing out. Football is awesome. And stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. Is. I can only imagine she's walking by, seeing the other team. Just She's yeah. like side-eyeing them. <laughs> yeah. She thinks she's psyching them out. They hey, don't even know she's there. She's brought a lot of new fans to the game, am I right? Definitely. Uh, you know, I want to show this one thing right before we bring in Sean Salisbury. We were talking about uh, the Immaculate Reception and how there were cars parked in the end zone. Some people yes. are like, Three River Stadium, and there never cars. Roll the Lynn Swan clip. Uh, Sean Salisbury will be able to see this. You might remember when there were cars at Three Rivers. So here's Terry Bradshaw. Look at those. Look at those uniforms. Look at Terry. Watch the whip on Bradshaw. Watch this throw. Sean will dissect it for us. Look at that throw. Wham. Lynn, it's out of bounds. But watch this. There's a car, and he jumps over it. Who got to park there? I, there, I remember as a kid, there were cars parked there. It was like, that kid, the NFL can't be allowing that. Is that security? Is it like a sales trade? This one, he jumped it and he did it gracefully because he took ballet as a child.
I don't know if our next, I don't know if our first guest making a return visit. I don't know if he took ballet as a kid, but uh, he was a hell of a football player. Uh, my old buddy here, we used to do a podcast together years ago during COVID. He's back on the show making his second appearance. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Salisbury is here. Sean, what's up, buddy? I uh, just was just talking to your producer. All's good, man. Good to be with you. How are yeah. you guys doing? You look good, man. You got well, this is backdrop. You got you, now. Listen, I'm wearing my Sean Salisbury shirt. You know, I got to wear it when you're on the show. There's you in the number twelve, looking good. Yeah. Love it. Good to be with you guys, man. Now, now yeah, do you that, remember that game? Yeah. That game there. Yeah, it's right here. That game there is Minnesota Viking. Our comeback against Elway and Denver, down twenty to three and a half. We ended up beating them in a snowstorm in their building. No way. And that was a huge win. Yeah, fun win. So what that, did, that, that, what, I painted that. That's what, a painting from the guy who did it for me. Oh, my God. And what did you say to Elway when you met after the game at, at, at the field? Do you remember what you said or what he said? You know, we talked a lot before the game. We've talked we talked a lot after our both of our careers were done. But John and I probably – well, when I went up to him, said I'm going to kick your ass because you've never beat me before. <laughs> so because I got him at SC at Stanford, too. Now, we listen, in that game, it's like, this is Elway's house because it was in Denver. I kept my mouth zipped. John and I just talked to his buddies. We talked minimal football right. before and after the game about everything else. But trust me, I'll tell you one thing. I was coming off the field, and it's so weird that in, in college, when I came out of high school to go to SC and John Robinson recruited me, he knew that, like, because Elway is two or three years older than me, he was like my idol because he's from Granada Hills High School. I'm in San Diego, and so we were compared to each other because we were big and multi-sport athletes and top recruits, and so, and that's not arrogant, just the facts, and so I was a huge Elway mm -hmm. fan, so when I got to SC, my sophomore year, John Sr., we went up to Stanford, it was a national game of the week, and we beat, it was like <laughs> Pat Hayden and somebody else, we beat him, and I was a player of the game, and I was walking off the field, and John Robinson at the end said, you wanted him today, didn't you? <laughs> and I smirked at him, and he goes, "You meaning Elway?" Yeah. And he knew it. Yeah. Now, now, fast forward to that's nineteen ninety two or three, the one you're looking at there, okay. the picture. And Denny Green, we're walking. I'm walking out the field, and I said early in the game, I said, "Put the ball in my hand. They can't stop me today." I threw for almost four hundred. Was the NFL Player of the Week that week? And wow. again, not. I didn't get many of those. These moments, are facts. So, these are facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these are facts. <laughs> but it sets up the story because I. And I walked off the field at the end of the game, and we put it away for Neil down at the end. And when I came, Denny said, you wanted him to date him. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So the, we're both of them. Now, I don't know if that meant that I loved Elway so much that the, the fanboy stuff went on even when I played. Because <laughs> both of my head coaches knew it. But, yeah, those – and, you know, there's moments in time that – and we'll get to yours to guys more important stuff than this. But there's moments in time in all our careers that you remember that stick out. Yeah. Even though they may not even been the biggest moments to somebody else, but being able to play against John and beat him, who I hold in the highest regard, John, and doing it for a couple coaches that seemed to know that that was important to beat them those two games. And I always tell John, I said, you got a lot of things on me, including a mustard-colored gold jacket. You have, you, have, you have not beat me yet. So well, that's, all, that's all I got over Elway. That got me yet on the field, and he never gets that chance again. So That's right. Um, what, what, what an honor well, it was to play against him and all those great Well, ones. wait a second. First of all, Sean, you are the most important thing on today's show. we got nothing else to get to, but uh -oh. talk to you. Uh, but wait a second. You know, the Olympics are bringing flag football back. Maybe – I don't know. Maybe flag football. Here's what I'll do. I'll let John throw it. I'll coach him. There you How's go. That? You'll be on the I'll same team. 
you know, flag football, you got to move around too much too. Those if you told me I could just sit back and throw it, right? I, I, gotta, I what what will happen is we'll throw it all day, and then I won't let anybody see. But when the night when you get to your hotel room that night of your house, you're like. Your arm's about to fall <laughs> off. I've had that happen with, with quarterbacks I train, young, high school kids or college kids. Like, they come back, coach, why don't you throw some? All right, and you throw it, and you try to act tough. You know, you're throwing drop, just having fun with it. And what they don't see is the next day you're like, dude, don't ask me to throw again for another five years. So. You know what, Sean? As soon as you said that, as soon as you said that you've worked with a lot of young quarterbacks, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I remember you bringing up the name Quinn Ewers to me before anybody, before our – Anyone I heard him talk about on TV, you saw him play, or were you at a camp? Was he at a camp years or something? I can't remember what the story was. He was eighth, eighth grade going into the ninth grade. Oh he God. was, and I was at a camp in Dallas, and they, you know, it's for we had like the, there's a junior high group, and like the sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, and then there's the ninth, tenth, and eleventh graders, and it's like an invite camp, and there's a lot of good players, and you can imagine in Texas, I was coaching the high school quarterbacks, and I had like 25 in a group, 20, 25 at that camp. There's about 250 kids at the camp, and a high intensity on the field, getting after it, all that. And he's with the, he's an eighth grader going to ninth grade, but the the director of the camp and had said, "There's you got a kid," and I knew a guy who had worked with him before. Said, "Where do you see this kid?" But you hear that a lot. Sure. Well, yeah, and, and and so Quinn's at the camp. And he's got he's got his hands in his in his pockets, just a shy kid, but about six three at the time. And they said we want to move him up to you, Sean, in the high school group. I said okay, come on, let's go. I'll get him. I'll treat him like he's in high school. And so he just kind of hanging in the back, hands in his pants, but focused, but just minding his own business. So he pops up, and we're running like comebacks, like eighteen back to fifteen, which is like a seven step drop for an NFL guy. Five, and dude, he's pumping balls out there, and a ball sounds different. And as a ninth grader, now on that at that camp, Preston Stone, who's a who's the starting quarterback at SMU right now, and it was hurt for the the last the chan the 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 championship yeah. game they just played in AAC, but he he was at that camp. A bunch of players were at that camp, and and the eighth grade, I had him in high school, and I, and I walked off the field before our lunch, before the afternoon practice. We were going to lunch after the morning practice. He goes, "Well, what'd you think?" I said. That's different. I said that that he'll be the best quarterback in America, wow. in three four in four years. Yeah, and he could dunk a basketball flat footed. Well, spring forward, the guy left before his high school career was up and requal. You know, he, he he's really younger because he went out of school. He was a junior when he first went to Ohio State. He didn't play his senior year. Oh my god! At South Lake Carroll, and so I've known people through that have have obviously taught him and coached him along the way. But I saw him for a weekend or, or two practices that day and he could throw it like any of the seniors and you knew he was different the ball just came out it sounded different it looked different but lo and behold here's a guy who's going to be a top five pick in the draft now we miss on some too but he had a different whip with the football now you still got to go play and be and do great things and get a chance to play perfect for perfect uh play caller for him at texas was sark and him yeah. but he was really good. He was better than most of the kids I saw four years older than him uh, wow. when he was in the eighth grade. Yeah, pretty good. Let's dive into that a little bit more with Texas. Now that they're in the playoffs, they'll be facing Washington. They're a four-point favorite. I personally like Texas in this one with Quinn Ewers. Do you agree? I do, and I know that that I'm, I'm curious if that line's going to move with what do we got? Like twenty some days yeah, before the game, right? Ago. Yeah, it, but and it, it'll fluctuate, but. You know, I think there's a couple things going into this. I love there's we've got some explosive players, but Steve Sarkeesian's built for this, and I think he's built for Quinn Ewers. And yeah, I'm with you. And although there's no home game in this, 
I mean, yes, is New Orleans an advantage for a team from Texas over a team from the Northwest? I don't know. Both are very, very good. Both. What I do know, you slip up for four seconds on defense, they're going to score 21 points on you. Both, <laughs> both teams are. So the total at 64. Now, what happens in games like this is I look at that, and I love this, is which way will it go? Because nerves, and if you take long to score, nerves start out in these games. So it can be a quarterback trying to overthrow it because he's so jacked up, and you say it's the middle of the second quarter, and it's 7-7. Seven to seven. But then there's those times in games like this, both teams can score so much and so rapid. At 50 points at half, or at, at 40 points in the middle of the third quarter, he said, I'm never getting there. Bam, 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 bam. It's at 75. <laughs> I like I like Texas right now, though, too. I really do. I'm with you. I think I think when push comes to shove, they're going to end up being more physical in the run game. And I, I, I you, you're going to have to make Penix reset his feet. Now, he's good at moving around, but pressure early in this game and keep an eye on first down. But I love both teams. I'm a Pac-12 guy and live in Texas, but I think even though Washington's ranked higher, there's a reason Texas is the favorite. And at the end of the season, minus that Oregon game, Texas has been playing better football, I think, than most teams in the country. Yeah. I got Texas. Now, I don't know where that line's going, but if it was a straight pick in Texas, if that line creeps higher, uh, that, that's a that's dangerous because they had backdoor cover written all over it with either one of these teams. <laughs> the Right. Uh, hey, uh, you know, producing our show today is Matt Neverett, whose father, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, uh, Matt Neverett, who you know his father, right? Uh, did they work together, right? Or are they Tim yes, Neverett? Tim Neverett, who does, they did Red Sox games. He's a play-by-play guy, oh, does yeah. the Dodgers. And uh, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, Sean, he said we he did, did radio did, with you way, way back in the day. He did. I was going to say, we didn't like do consistent shows, but back when it was like game night on ESPN mm -hmm. radio and stuff. Yes, I've known him a long time. Uh, Talented, awesome, and look at – see, now we're talking about the kids that are talented. I do have a question great. for you about, about your career. What was a bigger thrill for you in your career, winning the 1988 Grey Cup in the CFL or <laughs> teaching Adam Sandler how to play quarterback in the longest yard? <laughs> different thrills. And, you know, really, I can only imagine. It's it, true. Yeah, it really is. And they were different, you know, throwing up in your mouth laughing when you're with Sandler as opposed to, you know – walking out there and you're like throwing up in your mouth because you're like, I got to win this championship. So both had their moments. Uh, you know, it was, I guess the first one because of the team that that was for me and playing, you know, fortunate to play at SC against like Notre Dame and that, but no matter it's high school, whether you're playing summer league, whether you're playing in college football, national title or the gray cup, it meant a lot to us, man. It, it was important. And we were the, Last seed going in because we'd had injuries. Like we were nine and eight, I think, in the regular season. We went on a run on the road in inclement weather and boom, boom, boom. Before you know, it, we're great cup champs. That was one of the thrills of a lifetime because of how we got there, being able to call a lot of my own plays. And I'm a big team guy celebrator. So I'm always more when it's about us and when I got team around because I love the celebration and the, 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 all the things you sacrifice for a teammate on the other side. So that was a great thrill. It, it was as a team. And no matter the ring, you know, the ring matters no matter where. And nobody can ever take the fact that 1988, we are the Great Cup champions. So you get labeled a champion, and it's a big deal there. And it was a big deal for me yeah. and for my teammates. And the other side with Sandler. As you could imagine, the stories, we'd have to do a two-hour show to hear half the stories, but <laughs> that, that, that thrill was the big – when I got the call, I didn't believe it. I thought when they, when they left it, I, I thought that it was a buddy of mine leaving a fake message. I never returned the call until two weeks later. I got another call, and I called back, 
And it'll make a long story short. They asked me if I wanted to train Sandler for this. I said, who's playing Paul Crew? And they said, Adam Sandler. I laughed at yeah, the director. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and then we laughed. I said, it's going to take you a lot of money for me to train him. He said that. And I was semi-joking. Right. But I knew he had a lot of money. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the boss said, he said, well, Sean, that won't be a problem. I kind of put the phone down to myself because it was at an office phone. I thought, I, I can do this. And I was kind of going, yeah, it's Sandler. If I could teach him how to throw, I could teach anybody. But like a good actor, we had so many. He had to play basketball. Frankie, I probably told you, he had to play basketball before every He loves basketball. Workout. I shot hoops with him before. Yeah. yeah, for about five months, we went out and grinded all the time Yeah, on, on the field. But before or after, we had most of the time before we had to play two-on-two -on, -two on the Sony lot where they had yeah. a basketball court. We, we play all the time. He and I were, we, it was him and I versus everybody else. And he has handle and he can yeah. shoot and he loved to play. And the truth is we went out there and trained and I'm not going to make this story long, but he grinded about, you know, all the little things you do in between when you're talking to players to the throws. And I was proud of him. I just told him, I said, you know, your name's on the movie. He goes, but my buddies are going to be watching how you're trained this. I need you to be the guy that's making these throws. And we became dear friends. I love him. We constant, constant contact. And, and he we put you in bench warmers. He put you in bench warmers. Yeah. House money. I had some of the best laughs and times of my life. Not only meeting him, but his people. And if you are whatever your good thoughts are about Adam Sandler, I'm talking yeah. about whatever you, whether it's a movie, your feelings, his loyalty, how he stays away from the paparazzi, whatever it might be. Times at times a hundred. Yeah. That's how good a dude and loyal a person he is. And I love him, man. I love his family and. Some of the best times of my that was probably the most wow i get to do this because this is out of my <laughs> realm with these guys you know he and lovitz and that was in a different world for me yet that i'm thinking well my football world was fun too so he made it easy but he worked his butt off and i, I was proud of his work and i just uh, as Mar marino still gives me a hard time goes salisbury couldn't drop it in the ocean if he was standing on a beach why'd you <laughs> let him stand with that and so daddy and i have that laugh all the time too but adam worked really hard to Prove to yeah, you guys they look good. the movie to make it look real. Yeah, he pulled it up. And he's as good a man, good as he man, is. good a man as look, there is. I, I got to know him a little bit up at SNL, and I used to go up and hang out. Right. And then uh, we, I opened for him at a couple colleges, like three or four. And uh, he would shoot hoops. They'd have to open the gym up. He'd go in. We'd shoot hoops. And uh, nicest guy. He really is. He's the nicest guy. He, ever. He, he's a like he doesn't know, you know the money thing. And when you know when we hear this, you guys hear all oh, the money. The they, they care only about the money. I honestly, I've joked with him about. It. I don't. I'm not sure he knows where. He, I, he just is raising kids and doing it all. Production companies, comedy one night, new movie the next night, getting somebody else there starting. I mean, and before you know it, you're like, this dude's got eight hundred billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll be in cargo shorts, not having. I uh, Salisbury. His, I've joked Salisbury. I don't know where it goes. Good gracious, <laughs> I got to make another movie. You know, that's <laughs> that's how he is. I don't know. Hey, I, I got these kids to support. Yeah, it's just, and it's not like it's never enough because he doesn't really care. I mean, everybody cares about security, but in truth, when you're around him, there's never a time when you think this guy is full of crap. He's lying or that he's just in it for the money. I really believe he's like, I'm, I'm doing what I love. Yeah. There just happens to be a good bank account at the end. <laughs> and at no point in time I ever even heard him mention, you know, like, oh, it's just he's not that guy yeah. and the cargo shorts i guarantee he's still wearing a t-shirt and cargo shorts he wore on bench when when we did bench warmer so <laughs> the guy the guy is a phenomenal person and i consider it an honor to hang around people a lot more talented than i am at what they do trust me it was awesome <laughs> now uh just to stay in college football uh caleb now usc you're a proud trojan is he the overall number one pick want to hear if, if you think yeah 
Okay. Yeah, he's the best player. I mean, the best player in college football is Jaden Daniels, rightfully so. He had a monster year, and he deserved the Heisman Trophy. And I, I, it really wasn't that close the last couple of weeks, if you ask me. But when you look at NFL, uh, and, and he plays so much bigger, Frankie, than he is. Too. He's like six one and a half, But you see he's like carrying like 230, and he can move from pirouettes to sidearm to off schedule to on schedule. I have talked to a lot of people there that say, He's got tremendous command of what's going on. Now, I know he's he's a lightning rod for criticism, too, with the painting of his nails and crying with his mom. But I don't get into other people's emotion. I know this. When it comes to just pure raw talent and ability from that position, I don't know anything about where he spends his money or who he hangs around. I know as a quarterback and people I've talked to, leadership and command, that that dude, you, if, you're, if you got the first pick in this draft and you have a young quarterback you're not sure about, Right. You, you cannot not you cannot not draft Caleb Williams. You you almost he I think he's that gifted yeah. throwing the football and running with it. So to me, I I, you know, I wouldn't bet somebody else can be drafted ahead of him, but I would be shocked if he's not the first pick of this draft. If there's a quarterback need, and I would imagine most teams that aren't playing very well need a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why <laughs> that, that's why they're sitting up there. So and he's he is a franchise changing ability. Okay, whether you like the way he approaches it or not. Yeah, he's a hell of a player. Sean, I want to keep the conversation about quarterbacks. Now the Cowboys had big win yesterday. They're 10-3, and three, just like the Niners. Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy are kind of the favorites right now for MVP. Do you think that should be a quarterback award, or would you look at Tyreek Hill or maybe McCaffrey for that? I think that's, that's such a great question. On my show, we were discussing this, and you know why they – decided, I think the reason why now we have a constant, you know, the offensive player of the year, it's, well, we, we'd like to give the MVP to Jefferson or, you know, <laughs> uh, last year or to a guy like Tyreek Hill this year. But, well, let's give them the offensive player of the year award. <laughs> we'll save that MVP for a quarterback or a running back that runs for 2,800 yards in a season, which won't happen. You have to be absolutely out of your freaking mind on Mars statistics and stats for a quarterback not to win the award. You know what I'm saying? Guys, <laughs> yeah. like, you, you look at and Jefferson. Can you have, I mean, a Moss season, a Rice season, but Je Jefferson last year had a season, you're like, dude, this guy's, a, this guy's out of his mind. And Offensive Player of the Year wasn't going to win the MVP. And Tyreek Hill's doing the same thing. You are game planning. Game. Tyreek Hill's speed and ability to stretch the field and the bandwidth is actually making people do what we as offenses did, like when you had to play – like a Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor. I'm not saying Tyreek's them, but right. that, that's how you went into a game. You had to know where they lined up every time. With Tyreek Hill, he, he's he's doing it, and you know he's going to catch the ball in space, and you still can't tackle him. I think he's the offensive player of the year, and McCaffrey, those mm -hmm. two on offense, are killing it offensively, yet the versatility of Debo Samuel kind of makes that team go. Um, when it comes to the the wide receiver position in the MVP, I it should not be a quarterback award, but I do get it, and here's why. 65 to 75 plays a game, the ball's in your hand. You're, you're you know, the go to the hero, and it's a, such a stats-driven award. And usually with that guy getting 70 tries as opposed to t 9 or 10 targets, think about the stuff you'd have to do as a receiver. Yeah. Where you're only getting it 9 times a game or 6 times a game compared to a quarterback. So he has every opportunity you know, to win the MVP, although I would put McCaffrey and, and Tyreek Hill at the top. But for me, the two top are the guys that you mentioned. It's Brock Purdy, one, Dak Prescott, yeah. two. We've seen Lamar had a resurgence yesterday. I think that Jalen Hurts' last few games have 
quieted that for a second. C.J. Stroud's been in the talk. He'll be the offensive rookie of the year. I think it's. I actually think you could say the four best MVP candidates in the league right now are teammates. Uh, well, I mean, what, what I'm talking about is like on oh, like right. what you're talking about on the San Francisco, right. two of the four, should yeah, we right. say, with McCaffrey and with Purdy. And then you throw Prescott in there and then you, you, you mix in whoever the other quarterback is that you want. So uh, Tyree Kill and McCaffrey, and mm. uh, you could throw two. You could actually throw yeah, two in there. Two that, that, and maybe that's what I meant by teammates. Yeah, that's with, what two I thought you meant, yeah. with the 49ers and, and Brock Purdy and, and uh, uh, McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, you're looking at. God, those four are going to be in the top six or seven. Yeah. But Prescott and Purdy are at the top because they're playing great football, but they also have the ball in their hands so many times. And Purdy's having a monster season, and Prescott's trying to keep pace the whole way. Yep. And Sean, I'm glad that you brought that up, that argument between MVP and Offensive Player of the Year, <laughs> because it seems way more often than not we have this debate every year. Is the MVP the most valuable player, or is it the best quarterback on the best team? Because way more often than not, it just so happens that that's who gets that that MVP awards. So that that's a good argument you bring up, and yeah, if there's ever a year for a, a non quarterback to win MVP, I, this is the year. I mean, if you're Tyree Kill, two thousand receiving yards, if he gets to that plateau, if he gets that without winning MVP, yeah, yeah that'd be insane. I, that'd be asinine, right? That's that out of body experience of a receiver you almost have to have, right? But we're not going to have fifty five touchdowns and 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 six. I mean, fifty five hundred yards passing. So you're right. Whether it's whether it's the multi the versatility of McCaffrey or the unbelievable, and every time you line up against Tyree Kill, what do we think? You just can't let him hurt you, and he hurts you, right? Every don't time, Bill man. Belichick approach. Hey, don't let their best player beat you, and Tyree Kill beats you every single week. But if you take him out of that, I mean, if you were able to stop him and put two in a different situation, we all wonder the value to a team. If you take Tyree Kill out. What for a long period of time? What happens to that team? And you're right. So the truth is, it's usually the best quarterback on close <laughs> to the best team or the best team. Mahomes last year, right? But I don't. It, it, it's rare in football that we're ever going to have, even though the numbers were gaudy. The Andre Dawson, last place Chicago <laughs> Cub, and he wins the MVP award. He right? hit 49 in homers football. that year. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, I remember that's, that. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's exactly. why it would take that type of game. Yeah or a season for a Tyree Killer McCaffrey to win the MVP. But why not this year? If Miami rolls in here and wins this one seed and Tyree Kill gets 2,000 yards receiving and he's not the MVP, then you can just call it the quarterback award and you're all right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Sean, a couple just quick hits here before we let you go because we appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. Um, Who wins the national championship in college football? I'm going to stay right here in the state of oh. Texas. I'm, oh. I'm going to say, I'm, listen, I, I'm still pained from UT beating my Trojans, okay? So <laughs> how dare them? And be rude. I'm going to go with that. I'm a Sark fan and knowing what I know about Quinn Ewers, but I, I don't think Alabama's going to be an easy out. I'm anxious to see how good Michigan's offense yeah. passing the football yeah. moving forward and watch Washington go win it all because nobody's <laughs> talking about it. I, 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 got, I got Texas against Alabama in a repeat. How's oh, that? Oh, my God. That would be amazing. And then Florida State would be the only unbeaten team <laughs> and college, which we won't even get into. And then uh, any take on, uh, I know you're a big hockey guy. I know you're Bruins, uh, right? You're a Bruins guy, right? Oh, no, no. No, Bruins. No. I thought you were Bruins. I'm a Red Sox guy. Oh, you're a Red you Sox guy. Red, yeah. Who was yeah. your hockey team? I can't remember. Growing up, I growing up, it was the Buffalo Sabres oh, with the French <laughs> Connection line. <laughs> That's right. Because I used to watch that game once a week when I was on the West Coast. 
And I've become, a, over the years, the Las Vegas Knights because my mom there and dad and my, brother, my sister live there. And they're they're pretty damn good, to say the least. So, But you can go wherever you want with the Bruins. I mean, do you want to talk? you want to fight like no. me? I know. It's funny because Sean loves, I mean, he loves all the sports. But he's like a passionate hockey guy. Alex is a big Knights fan. So I know you love oh, your love hockey. It. Yeah. And the Golden Knights, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Vegas, the atmosphere around here, before every game, the sports book's packed with all the jerseys. It's unbelievable. It's rare that you get one, you know, like the pregame. I, I went the year that, uh, what's my, Washington won the, you know, their first, when they're, oh, the when Caps Vegas beat them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Caps beat them and went to the first, when Ovechkin won his, yeah. went to the first two, uh, two games and it's the greatest pre-show. I mean, the <laughs> one in Chicago is amazing during the national anthem, Blackhawks, but it's such a show you think, okay, this is all fluff. How's the team? Well, every year they're pretty damn good. Yeah. So the, the show matches the performance, and it is an unbelievable event right there in Las Vegas. I love the Golden Knights. I'm, I'm, I'm riding their train now. The French I, connection no longer exists. There you go. I love it. <laughs> and listen, Sean, the last thing I just want to talk quickly about PSF, uh, pro sports fans. This is something that I'm involved with you. It's an app that people can get on their phone, iPhone or Android, and it's where the fans do uh, what Manning Cast does. I'm part of a Pittsburgh team, the famous show, Frank and Matt outspoken, uncensored Steeler show, the famous show. I'll be doing this week's Saturday game against the Colts. But uh, the website, just tell people about how you're involved with that real quickly, and I know you got to go. Well, right. No, that's okay. I'm the president. I'm sorry for keeping you guys so long, no, too. I'm the Sean, president. you're the man. Are you kidding? I'd keep you for three no. hours. No, no, you're the man. I'm, I'm, I'm always honored to be on with you, brother. You guys are awesome. Um, I'm the president <laughs> of this app, and we are – it's a fan that the fan engagement and the community part of it, we don't have enough. The fans never get a seat at the table. They got a seat at the table, their voice is being heard. And quite frankly, this is about we know that sports and content rules and great content creators, Frankie, like you and all of our, whether it's hockey or football or basketball and covering every game, but also shows throughout the week and it's real time. So you get to come on and talk to them, button. And you don't have to wait three days at the podcast and hope somebody responds like on Twitter. <laughs> they come in and you invite people into your community to get after it and be part of your show every time in real time live. So our people have put a lot of hard work into it, raising a lot of money and getting great, not only content creators like you, Frank, but also with sponsors that we're working on. And wall to wall, as we continue all of college football, we already got our top 25 in college basketball hiring those teams wow. now as well. We were six months in, but as the president, I couldn't be more proud of the team we've built. And I actually think it's a game-changing fan engagement next level app that is off the charts that fans and media captures and a chance for people to come out that you've never heard of that are turning into stars because they create great content. So, and our fan engagement's off the charts. I, I think it's going to be the best, if not fan engagement sports app you've ever seen, but I can tell you it is right now because we have worked awful hard, not because of me. I just happen to be part of it, but our technology and the people pushing it. It's and so much fun. Like, yeah. It's off the charts. It's so much fun. And I, I, my at team PSF and I'm, underscore app. That's what I was going to say. I, yeah. At PSF, at PSF underscore uh, app. And you can Apple get it on, on Twitter. Yeah, on Twitter. You can get it on Apple. You can get it on Android, uh, I believe. Right? It's on both. Yeah. And um, yes, I'll, be, I'll be doing the, uh, the Colts game, the Steelers-Colts game. I'm part of a Steeler team. Reno Paul will be involved, who watches the show every day. Uh, and I'm just happy to be a part. And we can have like six people on video. We got the live chat going. It's a blast. So yeah, uh, check it awesome. out. That's all. We love doing it, and I'm, I'm. It's always nice to build something from the ground up and watch it grow and bring something that uh, and give our fans what they deserve, and that's more opportunity to talk to us uh, without right. us talking at them. So it's a good thing. All right, Sean. Listen again. I, I I'm always flattered when you do the show. I appreciate the return appearance and uh, good luck. Everyone can. You're in Houston. We can find you on. Uh, was it un Sean Unfiltered? 
Sean, yeah, well, that's on Twitter. It's Sean Unfiltered. It's Sports Talk 790, the Sean Salisbury Show, and uh, iHeartRadio app, which is free, 6 to 10 Central Time, uh, Monday through Friday. I love it. Sean, thank you so much. I'm wearing my shirt. You know I love it. Sean freaking Salisbury. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you. You, three. you guys are awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you, Frankie. Thank, thank you, man. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. We'll be back in two minutes. we got Chris Andrews from the Sportsbook coming in. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table, non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, Join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. The friendly ticket writers are happy to help, and it's conveniently located next to the famous Del Mar Deli, where you'll find supersized portions of delicious deli items like roast beef, pastrami, and Reuben sandwiches, or soups, salads, and pizza plus spectacular desserts fit for a king. And right next door is the race book, over 150 seats, each with its own TV screen. There are 16 interactive player terminals, so you can bet right from your seat. Ah, welcome back to Punchlines. Sean Salisbury, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame guy on our show, man. And he's, and, and by the way, for everyone watching, he's like, he's like, hey, man, I'm sorry I took up your time. I'm like, Sean, are you kidding me? I'm like, you can talk as long as you want. I mean, you, you, you have the, you have the NFL card. You're hysterical. You're funny. You've lived a full, entertaining. I, he, he did. I told him he'd be done by 35. I was dead till 45. Unbelievable. And Chris, I know you had a question for him. Yeah, we'll ask him next time he's on. Yeah. I, I just think it's hard to prepare every week. You know you're not starting. Yeah. Oh, all of a sudden, up. guess what? Now you're in there when the quarterback, get, when the starter gets hurt. That's going to be way harder than a relief pitcher in baseball. Like, you know, if a pitcher oh, yeah. gets hurt, you get as much time to warm up. Football, sure. it's like you have 45 seconds. You know, the clock's going. Get in there. Yeah, you have to do your work all week and yeah. go to, you know, game planning and watch films and all that other stuff. But I've seen some of the good ones. Uh, Case Keenum, I think they were asking. He had to come in one time. He says, uh, did you prepare for this? He says, I'm always prepared. Yeah, you have to be, right? They're one snap be. away, man. Uh, and he won that great cup. That was a great question, Matt. Anyway, Chris Andrews joins us, the uh, director of our sports book behind us. Uh, wild week. I, it was a weird weekend, man. I mean, wh I have to ask, the Raiders-Vikings game. I, I mean, wanted it so bad to end 0-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> no, why? Why yeah, is that? Just, just because. Just because. Just because. Right. By the way, can I say one thing? I've been watching ESPN all day. Yeah. Nobody has mentioned the Frank Wychick play. Yeah, the M Miracle City Miracle. or uh, The Music City, Music City Miracle. Because we had that play yesterday with Kelsey and Tony. Yes. That didn't count. 
Yeah. And by the way, Frank White died. He passed away. Yeah. They're not mentioning it at all. I mean, it's so much. The, the plays are so similar. Yeah. They although really the Whitechick play was planned. That was scripted. Yeah. Kelsey yeah, that was with planned. the wherewithal to do that. that but. Was, but I haven't seen them mention it at all. And like I said, if there's any ever a time to mention it, two things. He passed away yeah. the other day. And he had this miraculous play. Yeah, he had a I tragic fall at his house. And uh, I remember Wycheck used to beat up. When they played, when the Titans were in the Steelers division and it was McNair yeah. to him, oh, my God, he was always open. Yeah. Anytime McNair needed three yards, four yards on a third down, it was always Wycheck. And he, they just killed the Steelers. I hated that guy. But, again, yeah. great football player. Played. I didn't realize he finished with over 500 receptions. He had a yeah, hell of a right. career. Really stayed around a long time. Um, so, anyway, yeah, 3 nothing game yesterday. Two scoreless first halves. A weird week for the book, or how'd everything go for you guys? We wound up okay. Yeah. You know, not great. Not te- You know, we, we won a little bit for the week, but it wasn't wasn't great. Just kind of grinded it out a little yeah. bit, you know. Public won a lot. You know, parlor cards, we didn't do very good in parlor cards, <laughs> you know, which is always an indicator. And what, what did the public have in the Dallas-Philly game? I got to think, was it heavy Dallas or? Uh, it wound up being a little heavy Dallas, uh, but nothing crazy. No, I mean, really, we needed the game under more than anything. That, that didn't, right. You know. And uh, by the way, Big Al McMorty, who was on the show, who will probably be on Sports by the Book with yeah. you guys in the future. Big Al gave us the Golden State Warriors, who covered in overtime, and he liked the Cowboys under, which had Alex rethink her Cowboy bet. Yes. You took Cowboys minus three and a half, and that was a win. Yes, well, and so I was kind of debating between over 52 and Cowboys team total yeah. over 27 mm-hmm. and a half. Which so would have won. asking him that question, then, because I do videos once a week for USA Today. Yeah. So after that show on Friday, I went home, made my NFL video. Gave out Dallas team total <laughs> over 27 and a half. So thank you, Al, because. Yeah, big Al. He's great, man. He's a sharp guy. Direction. Yeah, sharp guy. Another yeah. Pittsburgh guy, of course. Yeah. But uh, he'll be a great fit. I think Sports by the Book, you guys will have yeah. uh, have yeah. him on. The way he breaks down numbers. And the ske- he literally gets up at like 3 a.m., man. The schedule. He's up at 3 a.m. Because he's. you heard him say, he's like, well, I got to get those lines before the East yeah. Coast or West Coast wakes up. Fascinating guy. But thank you, big Al, for being on the show. Uh, we have two games in the Monday Night Football tonight. Two yes. games. They do this twice a year. I think the NFL's contracted, Parles was telling me. So we got the Dolphins tonight. And the insider pick that I got from Kevin Belenkoff, who watches the show, he likes the Giants plus money tonight. Frank Mergey has been on the show, likes them to win outright. Uh, what are the lines? What do we have the lines up? Let's see. Uh, well, Alex, 14. Was, 14. Is it 14? I the total uh, in the Miami game. Okay, there we go. And the Packers and Giants right now, was it, was it six? Six? 46. Four, 46. Six, and four, six and a half and 46 on the Giants. Well, on, the, on the Giants Packers, it's 37, rather, on the total. 46 is the total on Titans Dolphins. Oh, yeah, okay. But we're down to six with the number. Okay. So, Giants. I got to tell all the wise guys are on the dog. Yeah. yeah. Wise guys are on the Well, dog. also because the quarterback is Tommy DeVito. I well, mean, I, come you, on. You Tommy DeVito. I got to get Tommy DeVito. On national TV, how many times are they going to cut to his family? Oh, uh, yeah. I, it's going to be like, you think they cut to Taylor Swift a lot when she's watching a Kelsey game. The DeVito game tonight, I can't wait to watch. I'm not even a Giants fan, but I'm Italian, so I got to root for Tommy DeVito. Uh, and the Dolphins, Dolphins are 14 tonight. Yeah. I like the. I mean, you know me. I the, the favorite. Well, Dol- I keep saying there's there's supposed to be uh, diminishing returns. Okay. On these big favorites, right? The returns haven't diminished very often <laughs> with with Miami. You know, they they step on the gas and, and they can do it so quickly. It's like all of a sudden. Yeah. I remember when they were down. Uh, it was a game earlier this year where they who were they down against fourteen nothing. It was Carolina. It was Carolina, and the line was still Dolphins minus fourteen. I looked at in game. I mean, and they came back and covered. Yeah. Uh, they can strike, man. They can strike quick. Alex, if you looked at uh, Monday Night Football tonight, what are your thoughts tonight? So I like the over first half in the Dolphins game. It is 23 and a half. Okay. And Dolphins games, nine out of their 11 have gone over 23 and a half in the first half. So 
I think that's a little safer bet in case it is a blowout and they kind of, you know, slow it down in the second half. I also do like the Giants tonight. Yeah. Plus the points. Um, they've been better at home. Yeah. Too. So. Yeah, we need the Giants spot. outright tonight. It would be great. Would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I might put all money on that. Um, I uh, nailed it or failed it over the weekend. I didn't. I didn't bet much yesterday, but I did fail on the Texans. The Texans Jets. I mean, the, the, it was only three and a half. I went. This is this. There's something. I like weird. the Texans too. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. the Jets just beat them outright. Wilson throws for over 300 yards. I'm like what the hell happened here? And it was raining. Maybe Texas. I don't know. That that game shocked me. That was the shocker. Did you see what one of Wilson's teammates said though? He had told him before the game. He's like, "What do I have to lose? What are they going to do? Bench me again?" Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he, he played again. a great second half. He, he really, really did. did. Yeah. He did. Um. Now. By the way, the, I got. To, oh, go. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, because he didn't ever interrupt. You're talking about numbers. Say 44. Yeah. Okay. Two things. First of all, Willie McCovey was number 44. Willie McCovey. Great 44. He he and Aaron, Aaron led the league in home runs a couple years. With exactly forty-four oh, home wow. runs, which is he never and, hit fifty. I know that. No. And then one year he hit forty-four to leave lead the league, and Willie McCovey hit forty-four to tie him. Both numbers. Both 44. forty-four. I thought that was kind of just you know strange. I, I uh, when I was a kid, we lived in L.A. We drove up to visit my mom's sister and my aunt Kate Al in San Francisco, and my dad, my sister, and I went to a night game at Candlestick Park. Did you ever go to Candlestick? Oh God, yeah. A night game. Did you ever do a night game? Oh yeah. The oh. coldest I've ever been in my life. You're like. And my dad, we're from Southern California. We go up. Oh, yeah. We have T-shirts and shorts. We go to the game. We're getting strange looks as we walk in. And when it got to like the third or fourth inning, we were upstairs. Oh, my God. Yeah. I did the same thing with my first wife. Her her mother lived in like San Jose or Fremont. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where my So we go, and you know, it's like 95. Yeah. You know, like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, we're going to the Giants. This can't be one of right. those days, yeah. right? You know, I mean, I heard all about So as we're driving over the San Mateo Bridge, you see, to this side, it's bright and sunny. To this side, it's cloudy. <laughs> and we get there, and we had, like, windbreakers, yeah. you know. And, we're get, and we could see the people pulled up next to us, you know, winter hat, scarf, about three or four layers. Of, <laughs> and yeah. I remember looking, I said, we are in big we trouble. We got the look, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was By the way, one more thing. When yeah. you, because you mentioned uh, Pete Maravich. Yeah, okay. Pistol Pete. He averaged 48, I think. I, it was some ridiculous, yeah. Okay, but one more thing. You know, one point, so he was the leading, and I think he still might be the leading all-time scorer. The leading all-time rusher at one point was Tony Dorsett. What do they have in common? Uh, Both born in Aliquippa. Uh, wait, Maravich was born in Aliquippa? Born in Aliquippa. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't there for long. Right, but he was born there. Born in Aliquippa. Well, I knew Dorsett, but and by the way, Maravich, um, there was no three point shot when he was. No, I know. Points. Yeah, right. So in other words, if he posted right. forty four one that day, up, Matt, whatever his college sure residency, if Pistol he P posted forty four one day, he had to hit fifty two the next game to maintain his average. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's unbelievable. And without a three point shot, and no three pointer. Yeah. Oh my God, that's no. Oh, he was incredible. All right, I got Syracuse. it. Syracuse. When I was looking up forty four, this came up. Oh, with Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Did we miss was Jim Brown? And, and Ernie Davis. And I knew Ernie, Ernie Davis. Davis. I knew Ernie, Ernie Davis. Davis. Yeah. Those two are another one. McCovey was on the short list that got left off. Rick, John Riggins as well. I blame Matt then, Everett for all this. Matt okay. Everett compiled this. I Brian would have never left off Willie McCovey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if it, if it was too niche because Brown wore 44 in college. He wore 32 right. most right. of the time right. that right. he was in the NFL. All right, so here we go. Pistol Pete. Uh, I'm on his basketball reference page. In three years at LSU, these are his point totals per okay. season. 43.8. 44.2, 44.5 for a grand total of 44.2 points a game. That was his college average. I, I, 
without a three-pointer. No, no one will ever do that. I mean, again. it would have been 60. I was just going to say, with the three-pointer, you're looking at 55 to 60 points yeah. probably. Yeah. That'll never be done again. No, it just it can't never, be. Never. Uh, but he never. Now, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. He was never a great NBA player, right? I think he played he's with, in the Hall of Fame as an NBA player. Is he? Okay. By the way, you know, he he died playing basketball at the Y or something. Yeah. You know his last words? Oh gosh, what? Gee, I feel great. Are you serious? Boom. Oh my god. Heart attack and fell. Don't take anything for granted. I'm dead serious. That's good. We're well, talking we about guys that were leading in a, a stat or a sport, even that uh, a lot of people don't know about. How about San Diego State's all-time leading assist? Uh, getter, I guess. Uh, still, Tony Gwynn. Tony, Tony Gwynn, Gwynn, yeah. yeah, he played there. yeah. I remember seeing him play in college, yeah. He, he was, was phenomenal. Yeah. He was a basketball player, and they kind of got player. him to do baseball. He didn't have the baseball body. I don't know what body. That, that guy he never, never was in shape in his life, and he's probably the best pure hitter I ever saw. Uh, <laughs> you got to ask, uh, you got to ask uh, Nagel next time he's on, because okay. there's a quote from, uh, um, who am I thinking of? Maddox. Who okay. says, you know, I can usually figure out, you know, hitters, their weak spots and this and that. All except for that effing Tony, Tony Gwynn. Gwynn. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think he told me. Yeah. I mean, the guy, I mean, he could just go with the ball. And, you know, he could they, he could hit 30 homers a year if he wanted, but he just wanted his gap shots, man. Gap, gap, yeah. gap, opposite field. Great play. I remember watching him play. I remember sitting behind home plate when he played the Pirates, and I got tickets from Rick Roden, and it was just like a clinic watching him hit. Yeah. And never struck out. I don't think I ever saw him oh, strike out. Unbelievable. He only struck out like five times in his whole career. It's not five, but it's ridiculous. I think low. it's in the fifties. It's, it's something insanely low. Uh, unbelievable. So, um, but, but I want, I want to get back to the, yeah, we have the, uh, Chris sent me this clip last night. Now, Patrick Mahomes kind of went nuts a little after the game yeah. last night. He was upset at the refs right now. Uh, we can't show the unedited version, but we, we can show this version. I think, is this the one? Where's the audio? Just to add that he whines a little bit. Yeah, he was irate. You never see Mahomes that fired up. I thought that was good for your show. That was good. No, it was hysterical. I was just, I was like, oh, what's he going to say? And then it's just a baby crying. Look at Sean Salisbury still staring at us, looking at that. Um, so uh, anyway, tonight, double NFL action. Anything else, Alex, that you're looking at? No, but can, about that Chiefs yeah, call go again. It. So I did read that that call has been made 13 times already this year, and it was seven the last three years combined. Really? So offensive offsides. Offensive is what you're offsides. About. So they have been making a point this season. Yeah. And, and Again, well, wait, I don't, you, I don't care about either team, side. really. I mean, no, I, I don't either. either. And we I really, really don't. didn't need any. But he was either. clearly, clearly offsides. Yeah. Now, it wasn't like a little bit. I mean. Do you remember the Chris Jones play against um, the Patriots? Oh, oh, that cost them the AFC Championship game. That was a I fourth do down. That. Yes. And they, they, you know, they stopped Brady. They did. And Brady would have gone off the field, would not have won another. They wound up winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. There, and Chris Jones absolutely lined up offsides yeah. on a fourth down. Yeah, they I was on my Brady. buddy Chris. You're not going to give Brady two No, chances. no, no. We were celebrating. We were yeah. like, ah, oh, Patriots. We just run against yeah. Patriots. And then we see the flag. We're like, you know this is going the Oh, other yeah. Way. You know oh, it is. Yeah. But again, justified call. Oh, yeah, it was de definitely the right call. But, you know, they, they didn't bring that up today either. I'm thinking I'm watching ESPN all day. Two things that ring true that I remember. That's why How can they not know that? That's why we have this show. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Matt, you're filling in again tomorrow. I'll be here tomorrow. Show number 45. Show number 45. A lot of great and athletes. That what's that again? A lot of great athletes that wore 45. Yeah. So the collage well, is going to be an all-timer. 
I can't wait for that. And also, uh, I'm going to show the book that Chris gave me, that that, that Mike Greenberg book. Yeah. That has, it's by the numbers. It's a great book. We're going to promote that as a Christmas gift. And also, Chris Andrews has two or three books you can buy. Three. Three books. <laughs> he has three books you can get on Amazon. And uh, yeah, that book that you gave me is great. And I think, uh, was who was today? Oh, today was Hank Aaron. Yeah. Oh, back to that Giants Dodger game. Anyway, Willie McCovey hit a homer at that game I was at. Yeah. So we're freezing, and Willie, I got to see Willie McCovey hit a homer. And it was maybe his last season. So, you know, that was kind of cool to see McCovey play as our frostbitten hands were like this. Yeah. But also in that game, my dad and I figured this out. Lee Lacey, who played for the Dodgers, later the Pirates. Lee Lacey came up, hit a gap shot. Larry Herndon was the center fielder for the, the Giants. And I forget the left fielder. They collided, and Lacey's ball goes under him, and he gets an inside-the-park home run. Wow. And we're going nuts. You know, wait, wait. About four years later, I'm in Pittsburgh now. Lee Lacey's playing for the Pirates and hits an inside home inside the park home run. They say that's Lee Lacey's second inside the park home run. And I turn to my dad and I go, Dad, we have to be the only other people in the world right. that were at Lee Lacey's both inside the park home runs. And then I realized Bill Madlock was the third baseman for the Giants and he was the third baseman for the Pirates. Oh, wow. So Lee Lacey, Bill Madlock, me and my dad, if I ever meet Lee Lacey, I'm going to say, I saw both your inside the park home runs, my dad and I, and I bet we're the only other people besides yourself and Bill Madlock. And we should get Bill Madlock on the show. He's a local guy. I know Tom. What? Tom knows him. And I'll tell you what, when I was the MC of the All-Star Game, the on-field announcer at the All-Star Game in Pittsburgh in 2006, Bill Madlock gets on the bus. And this is the bus I'm sitting next to Mazeroski. There's Gossage. There's Fred Lynn. There's all these Hall of Famers. And Bill Madlock gets on, and he, he, he tackles me. Tackles me. He goes, Man, that show Street Smarts was my favorite show. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, Bill Madlock, watch my show. And he sat on the bus, and he is one of the funniest guys. He's a nonstop talker. I heard he's a nice guy. Oh, yeah. my God. And I'm like, he's three batting titles. We got to try to get him on. He's a local guy. He's a local guy. I love Bill Madlock. He was, but he like got on the bus and tackled me. He's like, you going to those parties tonight? I'm like, I don't know how to get in. He goes, you're coming with me. And me and my buddy went to these, these all-star game parties with Bill Madlock. <laughs> And my buddy was at the game when he shoved the glove in the in the umpire's face and got kicked out. Oh wow! My buddy Michael Day was at that game and told him the story. He got kicked out of a game. Uh, he didn't like a umpire game and he shoved his mitt into the guy's face. Which nowadays you'd be suspended for half a yeah. season. I think Bill Madlock was out for like three games. Maybe. By the way, were you are you old enough to have been to Forbes Field? I don't know Forbes. No, I'm not. It's a right field. They had because it was short porch. And right. They had like a like a net out there. Yeah. And I saw McCovey, a oh, left-hander. Yeah. You're going against a left-hand pitcher. I can't remember who it was. He hit a line drive. I mean, you almost thought the first baseman could catch it. <laughs> and it just kept going and going and wound up going over the, the netting or yeah. whatever it was in right field. Yeah, yeah, I got to see him. I play, always man. remember that. Well, it was him and Stargell were kind of always competing for the best yeah. left-handed power-hitting first baseman. But Well, I got to give my Uncle Jack credit, really. If there was a good pitcher on the mound for the opposition, we were going to the game. Oh, I saw yeah, him. no, I agree, yeah. I saw Marichal, Koufax, Drysdale, Oof. you know, Gibson, Carlton. I've seen so many of those guys. It's unbelievable. unbelievable, yeah. And kudos to your Uncle Jack. All right, everybody, thanks for watching. Matt, thanks for filling in. We'll see you tomorrow. Alex, as always, you'll be back on Friday on our show. Yes, I will. And then Sports by the Bye. Book today is at, you guys know the time. Three o'clock. Someone knows. You don't know the time. Sometimes you guys throw a curveball. It's 3 o'clock. Jeff Parles will be in here. Alex, you'll be back. Uh, They got got twice as much to talk about. Two Monday Night Football games. Go Tommy DeVito. Go Dolphins. Those are the two teams I'm rooting for. I'm not saying bet on them. But uh, Alex is saying you like the Dolphins first half over. Yes. And the Giants. And the Giants. Giants. I'm going to take those two bets right there. That's the point. Uh, Thank you to Sean Salisbury. You are the best, man. Uh, so much fun having you on. We could have talked to him for hours, and he's apologetic, like, oh, sorry if I went too long. It's like, Sean, you're an NFL guy, dude. We love you. Thank you. Please come back. Uh, and you guys, please come back. Our subscribers are up to 840. 
843? And growing. All right, let's get to 1,000 by the end of the year. Thank you so much for watching. Share the links. Tell your friends. We appreciate it. Punchlines, lines, live in Nevada, every show.